Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time once again for Bunker Boys. As you can see, I'm flying solo today. Uh, Slade is a little hungover from his big fantasy win this past weekend, uh, but he's at work, so it'll gonna be me by myself. Uh, hopefully, this goes okay. Uh, but we are going to talk all about the RBC Heritage uh, and the wild finish that we had with the playoff between Fitzpatrick and Spieth. Uh, break the whole thing down. I'm also going to talk about Rory's penalty, uh, which is he's not going to get his $3 million bonus. Uh, and what that means, and, and my thoughts on that, uh, a lot of PGA pros have, have spoke out about it as well. Uh, we have a lot to talk about with the Zurich Classic this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk fantasy picks for that, of course, and just talk about the format in general. Uh, and then we're going to talk, we have uh, Growing Our Game back this week as well. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our target uh, percentages and stuff for, for certain things and what we think is most important to improving our game for this upcoming year. Um, but like I said, uh, we have a lot to talk about, so let's go ahead and dive right in uh, to the RBC Heritage uh, and talk about uh, the, the wild weekend that Fitzpatrick and Spieth delivered to us. Uh, it really looked like Spieth was kind of going to close it out there to finish. Um, he was up two strokes late uh, in, in the round, um, and really, in my opinion, I feel like he played a little bit too conservatively. I understand you know, having you know, a two-stroke lead, especially late, the other guys weren't playing amazingly well there um and you don't want to take unnecessary risks uh but i feel like he, he played it very safe a lot of the times um i know i think it was 15 uh the long part five when he hit the drive right um i mean obviously that wasn't his intention but i, I feel like just in his mind he's like okay let's just not put this ball you know out of bounds uh and and i think when you do that as a competitive golfer when you don't keep your foot on the pedal and i think it's the same for really any sport i mean you look at football if somebody gets up to a big lead, especially late in the game, and they're like, all right, if, you, if they take their foot off the pedal, if they, they relax a little bit, it definitely lets their opponent come in. Matt Fitzpatrick had a couple openings. He made some great shots coming down the stretch. He had a huge putt there uh, on, on 17 uh, and, and looked really good. Or, um, maybe it wasn't 17. Because uh, in regulation, he missed the putt right then over or, uh, playoff. He missed it left. Um, but uh, I believe it was 15 or 16 where he stuck it really close from far out uh, and, and kind of started to put the screws to Jordan Spieth. Spieth was able to bounce back and answer and, you know, force a playoff. Uh, they both played 18 marvelously, as did Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I, I don't think you could play that golf hole any better than those three played it in the final round there. Um, but like I said, I think Jordan Spieth just kind of took his foot off the pedal and was trying to avoid making mistakes. Uh, and I, I think that let Matt Fitzpatrick really catch up to him. Um, and was able to ultimately force the playoff. And then once you're in the playoff, uh, Spieth just could not catch a break on, on 18 and 17. Um, had two putts that should have fallen. I mean, I feel like if, if you or I were out there uh, playing around the golf and we hit one of those putts exactly like that, um, especially on 18, where it, it rolled around the lip and then kind of fell away, um, I really feel like you know if anybody else was out there, that, that putt would have fallen. You just did not have any luck with that. Uh, and then he goes to 17. Hits a perfect putt, just hits it a hair too slow. So right as it gets to the hole, uh, it uses the, the fringe of the cup to break away. Um, I mean, if you look at both of those putts, if on the, the first playoff hole in 18, if he hits that, you know, a, a fraction of a hair lighter, that putt's going to fall. If you look at 17, if he hits that a fraction of a hair harder, that putt's going to fall. Um, so just terrible luck. And, of course, if you leave the door open like that enough times, uh, Matthew Patrick wasn't making mistakes. Uh, he just wasn't, you know, making huge shots that, you know, cemented that it, it was his turn to win that tournament. Um, and, and Spieth left the door open wide enough. Uh, they go back to 18, and Fitzpatrick 
I thought that ball was going to go in. I, I don't know, again, how, how the ball didn't fall. Um, stops about two feet short. Uh, Spieth shoots it over, not entirely off the back of the green, but left himself almost an impossible putt, isn't able to make it. It's Patrick taps in and wins his, his first tournament uh, since the U.S. Open last year, his second career PGA win. Um, but I, I'm a huge fan of Matt, Matt, Matt Patrick and his game. Uh, I know he's a very meticulous uh, player. And he documents, you know, all the shots. And it's well, you know, documented. Uh, but that, that's what he does after every round. He has to document every shot, what the lie was, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and so I, I'm. This is going to be a guy that's going to be around for years. Uh, I feel like he's going to be a Jordan Spieth esque player, uh, where you know he's always in contention at majors. Uh, he, he always has a threat to go out there and win these tournaments. He's He's gone off to a rough start this year, um, but the last few weeks, he's really put together some strong finishes, um, and, and it's nice to see that finally pay off for a win with him. Uh, looking at the top five here, uh, so Fitzpatrick beats Spieth in the playoff at 17 under. Cantlay uh, really just didn't put any shots together on Sunday all day, it seemed like. Um, kind of faded, especially early, um, and, and just – Hung around uh, and wasn't able to mount a charge, and then he gets 18 and, and makes it an incredible putt uh, for Birdie to get him to 16 under and solo third. Uh, Xander Schauffele had a, an amazing Sunday. Um, you know he was the clubhouse leader there for a little bit, uh, and they were talking about you know if these guys stumble coming down the final stretch, uh, you know 16, 17, 18, you know we could have you know a, a three, four way playoff, whatever. Uh, and Xander Schauffele could be sitting there waiting, but. Um, just not enough to get it done, but still a huge day for him on Sunday uh, to get himself into the top five. Sahith Tagala gets a top five as well at 14 under, tied with Hayden Buckley. Uh, Hayden Buckley was a name that kind of came out of nowhere, at least in my opinion, on, on Sunday. All of us were scoreboard watching, but we were watching the big names at the top, uh, Scheffler, Spieth, Fitzpatrick, Cantlay. Uh, you know, we were watching all those names, and, and here comes Hayden Buckley kind of creeping into that top five. Um, so that, again, this was a, an amazing tournament. Uh, it, it was a, a designated event. So you were going to have a star studded field. Um, but just how well everybody across the board played from, you know, from top to bottom, there were so many comers and goers throughout the weekend. Um, I mean, I can think of at least three off the top of my head. You had Damon, uh, Joel Damon, you know, the fan favorite. He goes out on Friday. He's tied for the lead. He shoots a great round. He's feeling good. Uh, he comes back on uh, excuse me, Thursday, he was tied for the lead, comes back on Friday and plays terrible, misses the cut. Uh, you had Hovland, who was battling for the lead the first two days, uh, goes into Saturday and shoots plus seven on Saturday, kind of eliminates himself from, from any contention at all. Um, and then you had uh, Walker, uh, who was leading all day Friday and through a good part of the day uh, on, on Saturday when he was paired with Scheffler. Um, just, you can see he started to, started to unravel a little bit there. Uh, throughout the day on Saturday. Um, but, I mean, still, he, he had a pretty good weekend. I mean, far better than what I think anybody would have expected for him. It was on the, uh, played in the tournament due to a, a money earnings exemption. Um, so it was great to see him make the most of it. He finishes uh, top 25 or tied for 25th. Um, so that one wasn't as drastic as what we saw the other guys do. Um, I, I think it was more so... Uh, Walker was playing probably a little bit above his potential. That or maybe the other guys you could say were even sleeping uh, a little bit. And then once the weekend finally came around, we saw Fitzpatrick, Spieth, and like those big names really start to show how good they were. Uh, I will say, to me, it was kind of surprising to see Scheffler struggle as much as he did. Uh, was in the final pairing on Saturday. And just, it almost looked like there was no rhythm to his game on Saturday. Um, and he couldn't establish and start put together really good scores and stay at the top of the leaderboard. 
fell down a couple spots. And then Sunday, again, just really um, kind of a mediocre round for what we expect from Scotty Scheffler. Obviously, far better than anything I could ever do. So who am I to judge? But um, just what we've come so used to seeing out of Scotty Scheffler, uh, it was definitely, a, it, it was weird to see it. Um, so not not the, the, you know, the greatest showing for him, and unfortunately. And, you know, that's back-to-back, you know, tournaments. You look at the Masters. Uh, where everybody expected him to go out there and again compete for the win. He just won there last year, um, so you are kind of wondering, uh, you know, what, what's going on? Is is he okay, or is it just, you know, the, the, the ebbs and flow of golf? And, and I think, I think personally, Scotty Scheffler is going to be more than fine going forward. Um, but it is something to keep an eye on. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about him finishing, you know, back to back top tens, and that's struggling for for a golfer. Um, so. I think he'll be more than fine going forward. Uh, I'm excited to see where he plays the rest of the year. I still think he wins a major this year. Um, you know, we, he finished top five at the Open last year. Uh, he the PGA Championship is the only one he really wasn't, you know, competitive in. I would say uh, that that whole weekend was dominated by uh, Pereira and Salatoris. Um, and then you had Justin Thomas storm back on Sunday to win it. Um, but U.S. Open again, he was up there at the top of the leaderboard as well. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see an, another. My my guess is we're going to see another uh, major championship for Scotty Scheffler this year. Um, talking about Rory McIlroy, uh, he had the withdrawal from the RBC Heritage this past week. Uh, this is the second designated event that he missed out on. He missed the uh, Century Tournament of Champions uh, back in January, um, and so <clears throat> the the rules stated uh, when they laid out these designated events last year. Uh, was, you know, all the top guys were committing to play in these. And that was Rory's big thing, too, is, hey, you know, we're all going to play in these tournaments. Um, and so to see him withdraw, definitely uh, put a hamper on things. You know, we like these designated events because it brings out the most. I said it last week. I didn't really agree with having a designated event the week after the Masters. You know, a major championship, especially the Masters, takes a lot out of these guys, uh, and, and especially with the weather. And I know you can't predict the weather, you know, ahead of time, you know, you know, almost a full year ahead of time. Um, but, you know, the weather, obviously, they played just about 36 holes on Sunday last week. Um, some of these guys are, you know, it was it was a long day. Um, and so I'd have to turn around and play, you know, a week later. And then weather was causing havoc on, on Thursday as well. I kind of pushed some of the rounds, you know, to finish on Friday morning. Uh, but luckily, they were able to keep the tournament on track through the rest of the week. Um, but I, I didn't think they should have a designated event the week after a major. I understand, you know, we're getting into that time of year now. There's going to be one a month. Um, I, I still think there would have been a better way to space it out. I'm not saying the RBC Heritage didn't deserve to be it. Uh, it is a great tournament, and obviously the stars love going there. Uh, it is probably one of the my favorite golf courses to watch these guys compete on. Uh, you know, sitting there Oceanside in South Carolina just off of Hilton Head. Uh, it's, it's beautiful scenery. Uh, it's a difficult golf course, uh, and, and it brings out the best in these guys. So I, I agree with them getting the designated event status. I just don't think it should have been the week after the Masters. I kind of understand that's the normal schedule, uh, but I feel like an adjustment could have been made to you know move it to either this week or even a week later um, and put it closer to more so in between the Masters and the PGA Championship. Um, but I don't know if a reason was ever given as to why Rory withdrew. Um, but with that being his second withdrawal, uh, he forfeits uh, a $3 million bonus from the, the PIP ratings uh, with him finishing second. Uh, I believe he was supposed to get uh, $10 million if he played all the designated events. Uh, if you, you miss two, you forfeit um, 
thirty uh, percent of that. So for him, that was three million. Um, and I know one key vocalist uh, for him not taking that penalty uh, was Ricky Fowler. Uh, and I, I know a lot of fans had this kind of sentiment around it as well as nobody is championing the PGA more than than um, Rory McIlroy through, especially all this live and everything. Um, and while I do agree with that, and you know, if anybody was going to get a pass from it, uh, I'm surprised it wasn't Rory. Um, but at the same time, the, these are the rules that w- have been laid out perfectly clear uh, from the beginning. Hey, if you miss two of these designated events that everybody last year when we brought this up, um, and you know, Rory really pushed for this you know, to become a thing. Um, so if you're not going to abide by those rules, I, I agree with him taking the penalty. Um, and so while I do understand, you know, he has been such a champion for the PGA and really pushed and carried the, the PGA flag through, you know, this turmoil they've gone through the last year and a half. Um, it, it sucks to see him take that penalty, but again, he knew what he was signing up for. Uh, it, it's honestly kind of refreshing to see, you know, the, these leagues uh, we always see, we, we always feel like, you know, top players and, and, you know, the NBA or the MLB or even the NFL get the preferential treatment. Uh, you know, we made jokes for years that Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning's expense that, you know, they, they got treated like superstars. We can do the same thing with LeBron. Um, so it's nice to see them still hold all the golfers accountable. Uh, even somebody who has the status like Rory, um, you know, maybe they could have said, hey, we're not going to take quite the full 30 percent. Uh, but that's another debate. But <clears throat> nonetheless, Rory's going to give up three million dollars at the end of the day. It, it sucks for him, but I'm, I'm sure he's not really sweating it with all the endorsements and stuff he has. Uh, and he's still hoping to win plenty of tournaments here, you know, later in the year. And I think he'll he'll definitely make up that three million dollar deficit. Um, another thing we want to talk about real quick is an update on the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, so there's about four and a half months left of the FedEx Cup. Uh, there's you know three majors left, and then of course the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, so we just want to take a look at that, and I picked two guys that stuck out to me uh, as a little surprising, honestly. And I think part of it is. Um, maybe not used to seeing them there. The first one is um, Deacon Bradley, who is in fourth right now. Um, not really a name, and I know he has had a really consistent year this year, uh, but that's not really a name that I would have imagined being inside the top five of the FedEx Cup standings, especially kind of this far into the season. Um, he's made 10 out of 13 cuts in the events that he's entered. He has seven top 25s, four top 10s, one second place finish and one win. That was at the Zozo Championship in October, uh, and that was you know obviously a 500 point you know boost for him, which is going to help. But um, just been very consistent. I was surprised to see him you know not just be at number four, but able to maintain that number four position through a lot of these big tournaments where you know guys like John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, you know, and, and so on, McElroy have come back and competed in them, kind of stacked the field more so than you would have saw like the Zozo or the Shriners Championship, events like that. Um, and, and so, I mean, shout out to Keegan Bradley. I know he's not the most liked guy on the PGA Tour, uh, but he's still putting in a lot of work and obviously having a very consistent year to be inside the top five. I would say, you know, heading, getting right ahead in the bank uh, here in mid-April. Uh, the other guy I was looking at uh, was Tony Finau. Um, I would have, if you would have told me last year that, you know, coming into this point of the year, Tony Finau would be 10th. Uh, and it wouldn't really be you know close. He's kind of flirting with not even being inside the top 10. Uh, I would have been surprised. I thought the way Finau finished last year, uh, where he competed at the RBC Canadian Open uh, with Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy in that great 
you know, those, those three guys coming down the stretch. Uh, the, just the way he closed out the year, he had two wins then. Um, and, and then I feel like he played really well throughout the playoffs as well. Um, just to see him. And, and again, we, we I, like we said, going back to Scheffler, you know, looking at him 10th in the, in the FedEx Cup standings right now and saying, wow, that's, that's kind of struggling. Is, is a huge nod to these guys, and for me, it's a tip of the cap because, like I said, I feel like just based off alone last year where you know, he kind of played, I would have expected him to be a little bit higher at this point. I thought he would have been able to carry momentum in a little bit better. Um, he's only missed one cut in, in the events he's uh, entered this year. Uh, nine top 25s, three top 10s, and one win at the Houston Open last fall as well. Um, so just overall, I, I would have would have expected you know some of those top 25s to turn into more top 10s um three out of the nine and then two of the cuts he also made as well that he just didn't finish in the top 25 at, at all um I, I think it's just a consistency issue obviously he played really well last summer uh he's going to get to some tournaments down the line here that he feels really comfortable at that he can play well at and he knows that so i'm hoping that boosts his confidence a little bit more um i would like to see him play you know, at that level more consistently. I'm a huge Tony Fina fan. I think he does great things for the uh, the world of golf. And following along with him and his family, you know, on full swing this year, I think has put a lot of eyes on him as well. Um, so I just, I think overall, we, there's more to see from Tony Fina this year. Uh, and, and I hope you see it, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, but again, sitting at top 10 in the FedEx Cup standings, I'm sitting here saying, oh, you know, is, is he okay? Is he struggling? Uh, just, just tells you, how good of a golfer he is and, you know, what our expectations of him are. Um, before we get into any more, I uh, want to remind you guys that our spring golf merch is live. Uh, so make sure you head over there and check it out and get this hat right here. Uh, the Jack Wagon Sports, you can see in the lower left here um, with the golf stick. Uh, I'm too fat for car path only. I'm only here for the turn dogs and what would Daly do? Speaking of John Daly, he will be back this weekend um, playing at the Zurich uh, Invitational. So make sure uh, you guys head over there. Uh, the link is in our bio. Uh, one other thing I want to point out real quick, uh, as I back away from this, um, is uh, we have a giveaway. Uh, so a hat just like I'm wearing here, uh, the Jack Wagon Sports hat uh, with the golf club for the J. Um, when we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube, we're going to give one of those away to the lucky subscriber that wins. Uh, so make sure you guys like and share. Uh, make sure you, you spread the word about our podcast. We'd really appreciate it. We're at 57 right now, uh, so we'd like to hit that at least 100. Uh, and then once we do, we're going to do a little giveaway. So if you guys want to be entered to win one of these hats, just like I wear here uh, every week, um, you want to wear it out and, and support us, we'd really appreciate it. Um, uh, once we hit 100 subscribers, we'll be giving one of those away. Um, so now it's your guys' favorite time of the week. So let's go ahead. Let's look at the standings. Uh, Slade, like I said, had a huge win this weekend. Um, jumped all the way up. Uh, he scored 46 points. The next closest was 33. Uh, so a huge weekend for him. So he takes the lead out of the three of us. He's only eight points behind Sam, uh, our, our buddy Sam, who for the last couple of weeks looked like was going to be untouchable here. Um, but he, he slowly caught up to him. He's eight points back. Uh, Nick is at 374. Uh, and I'm still dragging. I, I'm in the rear. Uh, 355. I'm 19 points back from Nick. Um, so, I mean, I, I just, I, so for those of you that don't know, the punishment for finishing last in our golf league, uh, is we have to do the hot ones challenge. Um, and so I, I have to do it for finishing last this past season. Uh, so I'm really hoping I don't have to do it twice. Uh, so I'm just hoping I can at least get out of last, but 
Um, I had a good week this week, put up 32 points, uh, so I can't complain. Um, but we'll, we'll see if I can close the gap and, and pass Nick here at least. Um, let's go ahead and look. Uh, we're going to put up our, our fantasy picks for this week. So with it being a team event, our normal roll goes out the window. So uh, for those of you that don't remember, we can only use the same golfer seven times throughout the season. Uh, we started all the way back at the Farmers Insurance Open, uh, and that carries through to the end of the season, through the Tour Championship. Um, but with this being a team event and guys getting to play together, we thought it wasn't really fair that, you know, if, if I wanted to use Cantley again, um, that it would count as a use of, of Shawfly as well. Uh, so we're not going to count it this week. So this is a, you know, a fun weekend for us. We get to pull all the tricks out of the bag, you know, guys that we've been kind of saving. Uh, so that way we make sure we don't use them all up you know, too early in the year. Um, but enough of that. Let's go ahead and let's get into my picks. Uh, first up uh, was Cantley and Shawfly. This is the easiest pick, I think, of anybody. Uh, they are the defending champions of this. They have a great, you know, bond between the two of them. They're the best friends, I think, on the entire tour. The only people that would they're closer are Scheffler and Burns. Uh, Scheffler is not playing in this. Um, but defending the champs, they also set the course record last year uh, when they played. Um, and they're both coming off of the top five finish, like we just talked about at the RBC. So I think uh, they, they are the easiest picks uh, to make for this weekend. Uh, Next up, I have Homa and Morikawa. Yeah, these are two guys. Uh, they've not been playing up to their full potential this year, um, and I don't, I don't think they're happy about it. Uh, Homa misses the cut last week. Uh, I believe Morikawa finished like tied for thirty seventh. Um, so Homa has two top tens and his five starts since the Genesis, and he has one missed cut this past week. Uh, Morikawa has two top tens and seven starts since, since finishing third at the Farmers. Um, so definitely guys that are looking to, to get a spark back into their season. Uh, Homa is trying to stop that slide and get back into his groove. Uh, I think this is a weekend where the two guys realize, hey, we can go out here. We can have a little bit of fun. Uh, we can also do a lot of good for each other. Um, and so I, I think out of all of my picks for this week, this is the one I'm probably most on the fence about. Uh, but I also think they have the most potential as well. Uh, next up, I have Thigala and Suh. Um, Obviously, uh, you, I've picked the guy the last few weeks. Uh, I just love the wave that he's on right now. Um, he has back-to-back uh, -back top 10s, seven this entire season. Uh, he also won the QBE shootout this past fall, uh, which is another kind of team-style event. Um, Saw has struggled since finishing top five at the HANA and top six at the players. Um, being paired with the guy, I think, will help elevate his game back to that level. Uh, and I think the two of these guys can do really good things together. Uh, again, just with how good Thigal is playing, I think he can elevate Suh up there. Um, Suh also finished uh, tied for 11th in 2021 when he played here with Doug Gim. Uh, so obviously he has some good history here, uh, and I, I expect more of the same from these two. Uh, next up, I have Burns and Horschel. Uh, these guys have played together the last three years. Uh, or This will be the third year, excuse me. Um, in 2021, they finished tied for fourth. Uh, in 2022, they finished second. Uh, so runners-up last year, to, uh, again, a record-breaking performance. I'm expecting more of the same this year from these guys. Uh, I think they can definitely hang around for the for the lead. Um, you know, if Kaylee and Shawfly aren't putting up that record-breaking you know, breaking performance again, uh, th these guys are going to be in a tight battle, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Horschel really loves this kind of format. He has really good finishes here, even when he's not playing with Burns. Um, and, again, this is somebody who's been playing kind of lackluster here lately. Uh, he won the Memorial Tournament last year, and then he kind of just fell off. And I don't think we've ever seen him truly back since then. 
Uh, so this is a really good opportunity for him to you know bring that game back in, have a really good finish to get some momentum behind him uh, and, and see where that takes him for the rest of the year. Um, but I think, especially with the way Burns has been playing lately, just won the, the match play champ or bracket challenge. Um, I, I think he has a lot of momentum, and, and he's just going to keep improving. Uh, again, these guys finished second last year. I, I think first is absolutely in their sights. Uh, next up, I have Tom Kim and Siwoo Kim, uh, the, the, the Kim boys. Uh, I absolutely uh, love this pairing. Tom Kim burst onto the scene last year. He looked amazing at the President's Cup. Uh, I think it, he also you know picked up a win last fall as well, and I believe the first event after the President's Cup. Um, but Siwoo's consistent top 30 player. Uh, he also has a win this year at the Sony Open. Uh, again, Tom Kim just have an absolutely great rookie year. Um, I think these two are kind of not necessarily an underrated pairing. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on them, but I, I think more so people are going to be focused on that Burns, Horschel, Cantley, Shoffley pair. Uh, you know, pairs. Uh, I think that the, the two Kims can absolutely swoop in there and, and steal a win away. And last but not least, I have Sung J M and Keith Mitchell. Um, Keith Mitchell finished tied for fourth year in 2021 with Brant Snedeker. Uh, the two of them combined are 26 out of 30 uh, in events in top 10s this year. Uh, the last four events, uh, M is a top six, uh, top 17, top 16, and top seven. Uh, Mitchell has struggled since finishing fifth at the Genesis. Uh, but again, this is obviously a, a tournament that he really likes and enjoys. And I, I think the two of these guys together with the, the kind of the streak that Sungjae Im is on uh, and, and obviously how well Keith Mitchell does here, I think this is another really good pairing to watch out for. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to look at Slade's pairings as well. A lot of the same. Kaylee Shoffle, Homo Morikawa, Thigala Su, uh, Burns, and Horschel. The two different ones he has is Kitayama and Montgomery. Uh, Kitayama obviously won back at the Arnold Palmer. That really kind of we, – we all thought that would jumpstart his season. Um, he hasn't played terrible since then, but definitely not, you know, what you would expect out of somebody that just won a designated event. You kind of expect them to continue competing for wins, uh, especially, you know, winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, but again, not playing terrible either. Uh, Montgomery is having a really good year as well, kind of quietly. Uh, and so I expect um, these two to have a very good weekend as well. And Taylor and Hadwin, uh, the Canadians. Hadwin, I thought, would carry that momentum from the from the Phoenix Open to a really good year, and it kind of seems like he's stumbled since then. Um, but but the cool thing about this event is you take two golfers, even if they're having a terrible year, they can really feed off of each other's you know strengths and and, and put together a, a solid weekend. Uh, so I really like Slade's fantasy team here as well. Um, one thing I didn't want to talk about: uh, we will not have any bets this week. Uh, I did go two and zero last week. Uh, Slade went zero and two. He rode the Rom train. Uh, Rom didn't have a terrible weekend, but just not up to. Uh, and I don't think anybody can blame him. You know, the week after winning a, you know, the Masters. Um, but I will give you guys a couple of the um, bets I really like uh, for this week. Um, most of them are just tournament lines. Um, obviously, I think Xander Schauffele and uh, Patrick Cantley being at plus three hundred. I think is a really good value uh, for what they're bringing to the table. Um, so I would absolutely look at that. Uh, the other one is Colin Morikawa and Max Homa being top 20 is at plus 100. Uh, again, I think those are really good odds. Uh, I think these are two guys that are going to, like I just said, feed off of each other. Um, Homa's looking to get back onto you know his, his winning ways. Uh, Morikawa's 
trying to find his groove. It seems like ever since he lost the, the, the Century Tournament Champions when he was up by like seven strokes, you can tell he he, he looks a little rattled. He was not sure of his putting stroke. Um, I, I think he he's trying to just put together some momentum, and this is the event to do it. These guys both went to Cal. Um, so I think Morikawa in the home of finishing, or excuse me, at the top 10 uh, is plus 100 is a, is a good way to double your money right there. Uh, so those are the two I like for this week. Now, the last thing that uh, I'm going to talk about today um, is, uh, and Nick brought this up, uh, we, we asked him what we should talk about this week for growing our game. Um, we talked about a few weeks ago what our goals, uh, just general goals uh, for the 2023 season are. Um, and Nick said that we should take a statistical look at it, at the areas that we think we need to improve the most, just looking at that uh, and, and how we want to go about improving that or, or what we think will be most important. Uh, and improving that will lead to better results down the road. Um, so the two stats I looked at outside of putts, because um, that's the one thing Slade and I were both talked about a lot um, when we talked about our 2023 goals is, you know, we want to plus three putts, get rid of three putts. Um, so I, I looked at everything but that. I did look over my last 14 rounds, my average putts were 2.2, uh, which I was actually really surprised by. Um, but uh, the, so the two I looked at were green and regulations and fairway hits. Um, the one that surprised me the most was fairways hit. Uh, I was at thirty three point eight percent. I didn't. I did not think it was going to be that high. Uh, I really feel like every time I'm out playing around the golf, I'm always over, over in the trees, uh, especially on the right side. And this, this percentage kind of showed it. Uh, I hit thirty six point five percent of my drives off to the right. Um, so, but the fact that I hit thirty three point eight in the middle of the fairway uh, was really surprising to me. Um, and greens and regulation, uh, I'm at 13.1% uh, over my last 14 rounds. Um, and, you know, looking back at my goals for this year, you know, I, I said I wanted to hit, you know, below 100 more consistently. Um, and I wanted to reduce, you know, my three putts as well. Um, but obviously hitting greens and regulation is, is going to be a huge part, you know, getting that score, not just under 100, but again, doing it consistently. Uh, I've been putting a lot of work in the past few weeks. Uh, I just got new clubs. I got used clubs, but they're new to me. Um, last week, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for my wife. Um, you know, I, I don't have the time to go out and play a full round of golf. You know, I just had a, a newborn child. Um, he, he turns two months old tomorrow. And so uh, I don't have the time to go out and play a full round of golf. But she enjoys coming to the driving range with me. He likes to sit there in his little bassinet and his stroller. Uh, and it's nice, like a little family time. We go out, we get that fun, and I get to hit golf balls and work on my game. Um, you know, I I always joke about saying this, but last week I really feel like I found something that I can you know use to improve my game going forward. Uh, and you know, the, the running joke in golf is you know, whenever you find something on the driving range, the second you get onto the course, it's gone. Um, but for years, I just struggled with slicing the ball dead right. Um, couldn't understand it. I tried everything. I tried moving the ball up in my stance. I tried, you know, all the, the tips and tricks that you see on TikTok and on YouTube and stuff on how to stop slicing your driver and the ultimate slice fix and all this other stuff. Um, and this is one thing I'll, I'll definitely pass on to you guys. Um, but I just took a video myself and it is going to seem awkward. And you don't have to go to the driving range to take a video of yourself. If you go in your backyard or, you know, if your living room is big enough and you're not going to break anything, um, just set your camera up you know, right where your, your ball would be. Obviously, I did mine back a little bit, uh, but just in that general line uh, and just take a swing. I have an iPhone, so I can do a slow motion feature. I don't know what all phones are like, um, but I did the slow motion and I realized my, my club face is just wide open. 
obviously that's going to lead. Um, to our friend Sam, I was like, okay, what what am I doing wrong here? What what do I do to fix this? Um, and for me, I really worked on push. So when you go back and you come up, your hands are you know are naturally going to be open. Um, and so what I'm working on now is on my downswing, I'm pushing this arm back over top so it closes that club face more. Uh, and I noticed doing that, I'm slicing the ball a lot less. It, it's when I do now, it's more of like a draw, uh, and it's less of hey, I'm I'm hitting it, you know, three fairways over. Um, and and so I think, and hopefully, you know, doing that on the driving range translates uh, to the golf course for me, and I'm able to do that less. And hopefully, that leads to more fairways hit. And if I'm hitting more fairways, hopefully, I can hit more greens and regulation. Um, so I laid out my goals here. Uh, so for greens and regulations, I'm at 13.1% now. Uh, my goal for the end of 2023 uh, it would be to get to 25%. I feel like that's an achievable goal. It's only going up 11.9%. Obviously, you know, that's not a, a super great percentage, you know, hitting every one out of four greens and regulations. Uh, but for me, I feel like that would be an, an awesome goal to hit. Uh, right now, I'm doing it, you know, basically one out of every 30 tries almost. Um, so I think hitting it at 25% would, would be an awesome, awesome way to, to go. Um, with my fairways hit, I want to go from 33.8 to 50. I would love to hit every other fairway. Um, I feel like that is probably more of a stretch. Again, if I figured out my slice fix, you know, hey, maybe you know that, I, that 50% is a lot more achievable. I think another way to go about it for me is I don't always need to hit my driver. I think that's my, my biggest thing right now um, is it, it doesn't matter what the hole is, you know, unless it's like a super hard dog leg right and it's almost like a 90 degree bend and that, you know, that, that bends only 100 yards out there. I'm, I'm going to hit a driver just about every time. So I think being a little bit smarter with my club selection, if, if I'm not having a good day with my driver, hey, let's just set it to the side for now. Let, let's take out my five iron. Let's just get out there in the fairway. Let's get the hole started. Um, I got a three wood now. Uh, I know three woods are notoriously hard to hit, but hey, if I can hit it that day, um, and if I can just put a couple more balls in the fairway every round, again, hopefully that leads to being in better position to hit the greens in regulation. To you know, hey, I'm not afraid to. I I think another thing I, I want to, I would obviously, no. I think another thing I really want to push for this year, uh, mentally. Is, is to just aim for the middle of the green. You know, I, I think caught up in, in just you know watching these guys on TV every weekend. Uh, when I go out and play around, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm a pin hunter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit this right at the pin. And you know, especially if it's tough to say the left or the right, I'm shanking it way left or way right. I'm, I'm missing the green in regulation. Now I got a chip, and now I got a three putt, and then I'm just, I'm just mentally drained as as the round goes on. Uh, so I'd love to start aiming. You know, more for the the middle, the center of the green, and hey, from there I can leg putt. You know, if I still three putt from there, hey, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I'd rather take a three putt, you know, five than a, a, a three putt seven. If, it, if that makes sense. So if I can just get onto the green and I can two or three putt from there, uh, obviously, like I said, my goal is to, to do way less three putts. You know, I think I said I want to average. Um, you know, like two putts a hole throughout throughout the rest of the year. Obviously, I was a little bit closer than that than I, than I realized over my last, uh, again, just the last 14 rounds. But um, I, I think just hitting the middle of the green and, and from there, just trying to get it close on the first putt. 
uh, I think will will keep me from mentally falling apart when I'm like, oh, great, I, I, I got to try and chip over, you know, some obstacle, whether it be a bunker or like a huge green side hill. Um, I think that'll save myself a lot of you know, mental wear and tear throughout just 18 holes. And I think from there, that'll help a lot. So um, those are my goals for this year with my, my averages, my percentages. Uh, Nick, Nick got that from, you know, watching Matt Fitzpatrick this win. And we, we all know how meticulous he is about his stats. Um, so appreciate him for that. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to talk about my goals. We will get Slade's goals next week when he is back with us. Uh, but shout out to Slade for working hard. Um, but we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for checking us out. As always, do not forget, head to w.gg. Use code JackWagon for 10% off your order. I uh, would really appreciate if you guys headed over there. They got some great new flavors that just came out. So make sure you guys head over. W.gg. Use code JackWagon. You get 10% off. Um, but thank you guys, as always, for checking us out. Hopefully, the one-man show wasn't too annoying for you guys. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we appreciate you, as always, for, for sticking with us. Uh, don't forget. Get us to 100 subscribers, and we will give this hat away uh, to a lucky follower subscriber. Um, we really appreciate you guys with your help with that. Uh, we will see you in the next episode. Enjoy the Zurich Classic this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Fun fact, uh, Slade's brother's name is Zurich. Um, and I'm probably going to get flack later because I can never say the name right. I think I always say Zurich. Or I always say Zurich. It's Zurich. But I think I've gotten better with it with age. Um, it helps having an English or a, a teacher as a wife who can sit there and do phonics lessons with you so you wouldn't say words right, like bagel, bagel. Um, it's fun in this house. But uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. As always, thank you so much for checking us out. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.